You're clocked out. We're locked in. You're listening to Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome into a Monday edition of Crunch Time here on the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station, and your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. Matt Miguez here, broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. Give us a call on the game hotline 337 706 0111. John Rahm just might be that dude. Winning the Masters Tournament in a weekend where Mother Nature tried her hardest to ruin everything. His worst round of the weekend, he goes one over. But a 7-under 65 on Thursday, followed by a 69 and then another 69 in the final round yesterday, gives him the victory over a surging Phil Mickelson, a collapsing Brooks Kepka and a Jordan Spieth who you were just waiting for him to be in the mix. We'll dive deep into the Masters here in this opening conversation. We'll also talk about the New Orleans Pelicans failing, for for lack of better words. Um, we'll also recap the weekend for college baseball and softball. Louisiana Rage and Cajuns sweeping on both diamonds while LSU splits with South Carolina on the road. My producer and co-host is Mr. James Mesh. James, happy Monday to you, sir. I've got to ask, you have one more day of being 23. 22. 22. I thought you were born in 2000. I am. Oh, that's right. Oh, that's right. math. I that's forgot right. how to do it. I. So, that <laughs> means that tomorrow uh-huh. begins your Jordan year. Yep. Are you going to buy a pair of Jordans to commemorate your Honestly, Jordan Honestly, I've been year? needing to buy a pair of Jordans for a while. Maybe, maybe you should do it on your Jordan birthday. Yeah. Also buy some jerseys. I don't know. By the way, happy Monday. How are you, sir? Happy Monday, Matt. I'm doing good. How about you? I'm doing well. How was your Easter? It was good. Uh, family went came over. Um, we ended up doing a adult Easter egg hunt. It was, it was a little change of pace. My uh, 12-year-old niece decided we're going to have the adults, which ended up only being my three sisters uh, participating because we only found three baskets at that moment in time, and she just hit all the eggs around the front yard backyard and in the garage <laughs> so that, that was entertaining to watch them run around and find eggs like they're 12 year old children again the idea of doing an adult easter egg hunt actually sounds like a lot of fun oh i want i wanted to participate i was gonna try so hard but then they were like well we only have three i'm like you know what y'all have at it screw you guys Hang i'm on. a watch because <laughs> my oldest sister she was the one trying the hardest and I think she got third place. <laughs> Gotta love when you try hard. She, she was she was place. running she was running around, and my my other sisters were like, "Why are you running? Like, why are you why are you trying so hard?" And then she got last. It was so funny. So, 
when when you look at the Masters, obviously John Rahm is a key story here because he wins the Masters. It's his second major in his career. But I think the bigger story that a not that not a lot of people are talking about here is how much of a victory the Masters was for Liv. And I, I don't like to bring up this conversation because I'm not a fan of the Live Golf Tour. I think the Live Golf Tour is bad for golf. But you have Phil Mickelson and Brooks Kepka, two Live golfers, both tying for second for most of the weekend. You thought Brooks Kepka was going to win the whole thing. Phil comes up with a seven under fourth round to, to put himself in the mix. Patrick Reed has, has a four under day to be tied for fourth. So you've got three live golfers right there in the top four. That is a massive win for the upstart golf tour playing in the first major that they were allowed to participate in. What's going to be interesting, and and I don't necessarily know that it's even going to happen, is what's next? Where do these two tournaments go from here? Now that you've played a major with both tours being involved, obviously Augusta not being being its own entity rather than controlled by the PGA Tour, how does this change things? Does the relationship between the PGA Tour and Liv maybe slowly start to reconcile? Do you start seeing some of the other majors allowing live golfers to participate do you see a world down the line where maybe a patrick reed realizes that he wants to come back to the pga tour and changes his mind does the pga tour let him back in you know things like that are are questions that have kind of come into my head about what we saw over the weekend Let's go to the game hotline now, 337-706-0111. You just heard this guy for the last two hours filling in for the blonde bummer, Mr. Jordy Holtberg. He just can't get enough of, of being on this airwave. Mr. Dawson Iserlow. Dawson, what's going on, bud? What's going on, Matt? What you got? You know, well, I just wanted to get on. And, and kind of give a counterthought to your idea of, of it being a win for live. And I'm not disagreeing entirely because I kind of made a similar comment earlier today. But at the end of the day, I also think, like, what what is so surprising other than Phil? Like, I understand Phil, that was a shock, in, you know, at his age and the form he came in. But Brooks, you know, went to live because he was injured. He didn't go to live because he couldn't play anymore. And Patrick Reed you know, was playing some fine golf as well. So I get the idea that Liv had this big win, but also it was some of the best guys that went to Liv anyway and Phil, who did have an incredible weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah, but and I don't disagree with you. Obviously, it's not surprising that guys like Patrick Reed and Brooks Kepka were, were in the mix. But Brooks, it kind of caught me off guard for a second because – you know, obviously he battled all the injuries that he did before going over to live. And and even the last couple of tournaments that he played for the PGA Tour, 
he just didn't seem like himself. And I wasn't sure that he would be able to return to the Brooks Kepka that we had once known. But clearly well, no, would, he, he showed over there. the weekend. I, I didn't I didn't fully expect to see that version of Brooks. But I do think like it's a little bit of an interesting thing. And one thing I watched a lot of golf channel coverage after the tournament. It was an interesting thought that, you know, look, the fifty four and I guess you could make the fifty four hole jokes about Brooks because that's where he kind of fell off. But the further and further these guys get removed from playing competitive seventy two hole golf tournaments you might see them start to struggle in these majors. Whereas right now, look, they're only a year removed from being a part of the PGA Tour and playing in these tournaments every weekend. So I wonder if we look back two, three, four years, and it was, you know, the point was brought up on Golf Channel, and I kind of agree with it, maybe it becomes more and more difficult for these guys to succeed in these events when they become further away from their days playing 72-hole grinding golf tournaments. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a solid point, no question. Um, you know, how... how the the question that I like I like I said a second ago the question that I'm kind of starting to ask now is is how does this change golf now that live guys were, were allowed to play in the mat do they get to play in the U.S. Open do they get to play in the British Open? Well, for now, the answer to that remains if they have ex- previous exemptions and if they're still able to you know hang in those World Golf rankings. Now that's where the the question has been asked. Does Liv start to get some relevancy with the World Golf Rankings? And does this weekend maybe help their case? Maybe so, since they had some good finishers. Um, but the, the question I'll ask to you, and I'll hang up and listen after this, is, you know, would you want to see Live Golf? As I know you've been a guy who hasn't been particularly supportive of it. I haven't really either. Would you want to see some sort of working relationship between either the majors and Live or even Live in the PGA, or would you rather them still kind of draw the line in the sand? Appreciate the call, Dawson. Yeah, you know, live in the majors, having a working partnership. Okay, I mean, it is what it is. They're their own entities. They can make their own rules. Do I see a world where live and the PGA can work together? That I don't know. Uh, right now, I can't see that, you know three, four years from now, if Liv can continue doing doing what they're doing and staying a successful tour, then, I mean, yeah, maybe. But right now, the way things have gone over the last 12 to 18 months, I, I just can't see a world where Jay Monahan and Greg Norman would be able to work together. I just I don't see that. Um, but no, it's a good question. It's a good point. Liv Golfer's Again, if if it's a major and they're not sanctioned by the PGA Tour, the U.S. Open, the British Open, the Masters, I, I don't see a problem with live guys being able to participate. Now, the PGA Championship is a different story because obviously it's sanctioned by the PGA Tour. Things will get interesting for sure because guys like Brooks Kepka, if they can continue the run of form, it, it'll be it'll be intriguing to see what kind of name Liv gets in the world of golf, but getting congratulations to John Rahm winning his first green jacket. Jordan Spieth had a great weekend as well, other than his four over third round. Scotty Scheffler hanging in the top 10 with a four under. He just really, after starting seven under on Thursday, he had a three over day on Friday. And then 
with the weather on Saturday and Sunday, he just never really got going. Hung around one under, two under for the tournament, and just never really could advance further than that. Uh, but one big shout-out. How about the amateur? How about Sam Bennett? Two under for the tournament. He shot four under and four under on Thursday and Friday before the weather really got a hold of him late Saturday and into yesterday. But for a guy that is still in college to go on one of golf's biggest stages and compete the way he did, absolutely impressive. Now, his NIL value is about to skyrocket. But James, since he was amateur, he can't get paid. Sam Bennett missed out on $261,000 yesterday. feel bad for the kid. I mean, don't get me wrong. His NIL value is about to skyrocket. Oh, 100%. But it's like, that just sucks that that, that he wouldn't be able to get paid since he's not a professional at the moment with his with his amateur status he could not receive any prize money from the tournament how about zach Ertz though making an appearance <laughs> zach Ertz. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, the the idea and look nobody's gonna fault zach Ertz for texting one of his buddies you know a, a, a good luck text like okay hey man that whole one's looking juicy today <laughs> and he literally goes out 10 minutes later and four putts it. And, uh, and then he's like, please don't do that again, Zach. <laughs> but what's funny, and, and this just goes to show you just how good John Rahm is. He four putts hole one. And obviously it's hole one. You still have 17 holes to play. And somehow he still finishes the day seven under. The dude is just Him. It's his fourth win of 2023. It's his 11th career win. And it's his second major having won the U.S. Open in 2021. But so far this year, he's won the American Express, the Genesis Invitational, the Tournament of Champions, and the Masters. So a great season thus far by Mr. John Rahm. Yeah, you talk about his big finishes and his wins but it was like March wasn't very pretty to him. No. He missed the cut twice because he missed it for the Players' Championship, mm-hmm. and he also missed it for the WGC, mm-hmm. and then he placed 39th for the Arnold Palmer Tournament. So it was right. like that whole month of March was he not pretty a, to him. He had a rough stretch, but he's bounced back in a big way, uh, winning the Masters and taking home a crisp $3.24 million. Ripped to that uh, Rory McIlroy pick by a certain oh, someone, right? God. Hey, and I did say Jordan Spieth was going to finish top 10, though. You did. And I said Scotty would play well, and he also finished top 10. You did. I, but that Rory pick I, was I, I re- <laughs> no I bueno. really thought Rory was going to win it, especially the way he played Augusta last year. I really thought that he was finally going to get that Augusta monkey off his back. And he didn't. If anything, the, the monkey got further onto his back. He actually got two monkeys now. Correct. Uh, Tiger Woods having to withdraw after re-aggravating plantar fasciitis in his foot. Uh, timetable for him is, is is unknown at this point. And then Will Zalatoris, 
He's been battling some injuries. He's had to withdraw from a couple of tournaments. He withdrew from the Masters. It was found out today that he had surgery and will miss the remainder of the PGA season. And that's a crushing blow for one of golf's hottest young players. And then speaking of Rory and withdrawing, uh, he has already announced that he will not play in the RBC Heritage Open this weekend over in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, he has officially withdrawn from that tournament. But that'll be a great tournament this weekend. Jordan Spieth, the defending champion of that one, can he go win it again? We'll talk about that later in the week. We'll also talk Pels and college baseball on this one-hour edition of Crunch Time giving way to the Houston Astros and Pittsburgh Pirates right here on the game. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. The world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo is coming back in the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles has your free tickets. All you got to do is text Rodeo to 337-283-8100. For the Angola Prison Rodeo, April 22nd and 23rd, bull riding, wild horse racing, and even convict poker. Text RODEO to 337-283-8100 to watch the world-famous Angola Prison Rodeo, courtesy of Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. Got something to say to Miguez and Mesh? Hell yeah! It's easy. Just call the hotline by dialing 337-706-0111. Now, back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh. Here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Welcome back. 422, almost 423. Before we get to the New Orleans Pelicans, I want to talk about a different team. This team didn't play anybody worth their salt. Literally all their star players weren't even dressed. And yet they won the game. How about a round of applause for the Boston Celtics? Or or the half of the Boston Celtics? Listen to this starting five. Blake Griffin, Sam Hauser. Hey, put some respect on Sam Hauser's name. Mike Muscala. My who? Derek White, who only played five minutes. And Yeah, they didn't play uh they didn't play Derek for very long, and they didn't really play Grant Williams they for didn't, very long. Six they minutes. didn't play they didn't play Grant for very long either, and they didn't play um they didn't play Blake for very long either. Five minutes as well. Like I, I swear, I only saw Peyton Pritchard for forty-three minutes. Forty-six. <laughs> there it is. Forty-six minutes, and Pay Pay Pritchard, mm-hmm. thirty points, fourteen rebounds, eleven assists. Who cares that he had seven turnovers? Not this guy. First career triple double, and it's a thirty-pointer. Oh, Pepe. Look at 9 of 16 from downtown. It was funny because like for five possessions in a row, he just shot a three. I'm like, Sam Hauser, 8 of 14 from downtown. Who are these dudes? Dude, I told you, put some respect on Sam Hauser's name. And then coming off the bench, Luke Cornett. Hey, Luke Luke plays a lot of minutes. I'm, I'm assuming you would say this, Champagne? 
You could champagne-y? also. Yeah, you probably could go champagne. Champagne? Justin Champagne? Because I wouldn't say champagne. A 21 year old from Pitt? Mm hmm. Never heard of that dude, just gotta be honest. Davison? JD Davison? Yeah, JD was out there for a majority of the time. From Alabama? Solid player, but nothing nothing like out of the or out of you know Look, outside of this game, I'm not looking for him to be on the court that much. <laughs> just to say. I literally pulled up this game yesterday and I'm watching it and I'm like Okay, I don't see Jason Tatum. Mm -mm. I don't see Jalen Brown. No. Don't see Marcus I, Smart. I don't see Marcus Smart. You don't see Al Horford or Rob Williams. I said, where the hell is everybody? And then I was Well, like, you're not going to move, so there's no point well, in playing I, them. Well, I thought about it, and I was like, you can't go anywhere. There, it's the last game. Of the, like, why not rest them? Why not give them an extra day? Let and, Pepe go cray-cray. Dude, and yet you still won. Because my thought was, okay, you're going to play your second group the whole game saying look we're 57 and 24 or 56 and 24 it doesn't really matter if we lose we're 56 and 25 my math was off 56 it doesn't really matter if we lose like what's the difference and so but yet you still won so kudos to the second team of the Boston Celtics getting it done I don't know if that goes to further prove how really good the Celtics are or how really bad Atlanta might be well you say that about Atlanta but you didn't see really much of their team either <laughs> that's true you didn't see John Collins you didn't see Trey Young like you didn't you didn't see their star guys that's true that's true so that's that's why I, I initially had it on we got midway through the second quarter and then the rest of my family was like hey can we turn on the Masters and I'm like sure why not? I tried really hard to watch the Masters yesterday. And we watched a good bit. You saying you didn't watch the Masters? No, we did. But it took a, it took a pretty big effort for me to watch it for as long as I did. And you enjoyed it, didn't you? You enjoyed it. Don't lie. Don't lie. Define enjoyed. Cuz like it was cool to see some of the shots, sure, but it's like I was I was kind of confused on where everything was. I saw the score because it was like you saw John Rahm at at like at that point eleven under, and you saw Brooks at eight under for the longest time. It was like I saw that part, and obviously I know the names, but it was like I was so confused on what the other. I'm like, is that what Holder on? Mm -hmm. Is that what? So the like, number, I was I was so confused on what was going. I was like, so because the, when they when they finally put the hole, it was like you could see what they were doing throughout the day, and I was like, okay, that's cool. But I'm like, what is that? So the and number next to their score is mm -hmm. either how many holes they have played. Or how many they have left. Or their final score. Okay. So like if it said, if there was an eight next to their name, mm -hmm. it means they're on the ninth hole. They've played eight. They've played eight so far. And then if it's if it says, you know, 67. Well, then you know then that's, that's their score uh, how for many the round. How they're many done. strokes they've taken. Correct. That's their That's their score for the round. They've played all 18 holes. They're done. Um, look, a little golf education for you there, James. Yeah, I was talking with Dawson about that earlier. But no, I, I watched it and I was like, these are cool. But it was like, I don't know. Maybe it's just because I'd rather watch a certain few guys if I were to watch the tournament. But when I would watch, I'm like, okay, I, I know it's 1 o'clock. And I know they're pretty far into the tournament. And everyone's at least started because all the tea times are in the morning. 
pretty much. But when I was watching, I'm like, I don't, I don't know what hole they're on. Um, oh, so we're on Brooks now. Oh, so we're on Victor now. It's like it's it's, yeah, it's, it constantly it's like it's like it's constantly changing, and then sometimes they'll show something from earlier in the day, and I I don't know if that's live or not. I'd have to I'd actually have the commentators on. I'm like, dude, what is going on? This time next year, you're gonna watch all four rounds of the Masters. I'm going to have you so high on golf mm-hmm. that you are going to sit there and eat, sleep, and breathe Augusta National. I have no problem playing golf. It's the same thing with tennis. I have no issue playing tennis. In fact, I'd love to play it. But this, watching it is watching it is more is a little more of a challenge for me. This man is going to eat, sleep, and breathe mm-hmm. Augusta National. Oh yeah. So real quick, you brought Augusta National back into this. Um, just out of talking about golf and how much fun that is, how many, how much money do you think John Rahm has earned in his career? In his career, okay. In I his thought, career, I thought we were going to talk about just this year. Um, in his career, now uh, he turned pro in twenty fourteen. Yeah, so he's got eight, eight and a half years or so, like, we 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 can solidify eight. Yeah, because I don't know exactly when he started, but it was at some point in twenty fourteen. He's probably in. Has he hit the nine figures yet? Oh God, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I just know the purse yesterday was three million. Oh God, yeah. The 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 purse for the winner of Augusta was three three point two. So it was like. I mean, you're not going to win every single one, but I know you play a lot of tournaments. So I was like, I did. I was pretty sure he had hit nine. So I, you say, oh God, yeah. So let's say four hundred million. So in in his career, no, I'm sorry, he has not hit nine figures. I this apologize. Guy. I, I apologize. Oh my. So in his 139 events played okay. in his career, he has earned forty eight point three million dollars that that okay that makes a lot more sense because when you said oh god yeah i was like okay I, well we're well into the nine figures I, what I, the I, hell i miss i miscounted I, I i was thinking nine figures was a million but that is hundreds of million I, <laughs> you're I, I a never, mathematician today. i never claimed to be a mathematician i failed college algebra I've, I've never claimed to be good at math if you ever need to go and figure out the Pythagorean theorem, go to not, Matt Miguez. Not this guy. Go to Matt Miguez. Not this guy. Basic addition, subtraction, multiplication. I'm your dude. I was going to say, you were pretty quick with the maths for the darts that we did. I'm your dude. You were you were killing on subtraction from if, 301. If you throw letters and <laughs> lines and all that up, uh-uh. nope. Symbols, no. Can't do it. Finding the area of triangles. Yeah. Oh, God, no. Circumferences? Geometry was not your thing. Nah, fam. Sure wasn't. Sure was not. <laughs> oh, Dawson's good. Idea for a segment. Give me guys basic arithmetic and laugh at the results. Can you do, like, long division? Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. But it... So it's like... Once we get into middle school, that's where you have issues. Yeah, like, eighth grade... Like pre-algebra, yeah, that's where I I started to struggle. That's where you cried into your hands. Correct. Okay. Correct. Yeah, 
Anyways, 4.33 on this Monday. We'll take a timeout. When we come back, we'll talk about the New Orleans Pelicans and where, where things just went wrong for them. We'll do that next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. It's time for the NBA playoffs, and you can get in on the action from first tip with FanDuel. Right now, all customers can get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend when you bet the NBA playoffs. That's right. Just place a three-plus leg same-game parlay or same-game parlay plus on an NBA playoff game, and you'll get bonus bets back if you don't win. I'm going to take the Denver Nuggets to make the NBA Finals. They have great promotions every day. The app is safe and secure, and you're going to get paid instantly when your bet hits. There's no better place to bet all the playoff action than America's number one sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash KLWB and get a no-sweat same-game parlay every weekend of the NBA playoffs. That's FanDuel.com slash KLWB. FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. You must be 21 and older and present in Louisiana, permitted parishes only. Bonus issued is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after the receipt. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. And if you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-877-770-STOP. This is Crunch Time, live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette on the game. 1037 Lafayette, 1041 Lake Charles, Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 438 here on your Monday. Welcome back to Crunch Time. Matt Miguez, James Mesh, broadcasting live from the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company specializing in new multifamily construction. Give us a call on the game hotline, 337-706-0111. Yesterday, we, we talked about the Boston Celtics already. The New Orleans Pelicans... They don't make a whole lot of sense to me. They find new ways to they, disappoint. They they just they just don't make a whole lot of sense to me. In a, in a game where although he played well, Carl Anthony Towns was not the same guy. He's playing injured. Jalen McDaniels plays nine minutes because he breaks his hand punching a wall. And then Rudy Gobert gets sent home and suspended for punching a teammate on the bench. You still found a way to lose. Huh? What? Excuse me? Now look, do I think that the New Orleans Pelicans this season have just been a team sent from God above and were destined to win an NBA championship? No. No. But did I think that the New Orleans Pelicans going into 2022-2023 with a healthy Zion Williamson, a healthy Brandon Ingram, and a healthy CJ McCollum would at least finish better than they did last season? Yeah. Yeah, it did. And they did not. They are now going to be the nine seed and are right back in the play-in tournament. Oh, and get this. It gets even better. There was a report that came out today that says the Pelicans believe that Zion's not even close 
to coming back. But this is that story every time. We had it all last year where they're like, oh, he's going to miss a couple months. Like, he'll miss the start of the season, but, like, he'll be back. And then you get to December and you're like, what's the progress been? I don't know. He's in Portland. And then you get to February and you're like, what are we looking at? Uh, it's we're, we're still processing. He's he's in New Orleans. He's in New Orleans now. He's right. Not in- you remember? You remember when everybody freaked out? Oh my God! Zion's back in New Orleans. I'm guilty. I was one of them. But I mean, a lot of people were. Like a lot of us were. That meant absolutely nothing. Yeah. In hindsight. So at this point, I think we have all learned this lesson. Again, you can't trust it. You can't trust any of the reports. Until you see Zion back on the court, assume he's not going to play for at least the next two weeks. Now look, I am still of the belief that you should not trade Zion Williamson. I am. I know they're not. And you, you, they, think, you think they should? Yes. At the, because I know you just extended him, but it's with the NBA contracts, it's not like NFL where if you trade a guy, you're going to get hit with a dead cap. You just move on. You just need to make sure that the other team has the cap space themselves to be able to absorb the contract. With me, I'm just I'm over it. You've already got other guys that have plenty of injury history themselves. But, but why why are you over it? I'm over it because you never see him on the court. We hear that he is a superstar and that he can be a face of this league. But we've seen plenty of other guys that were top picks that were supposed to be able to run the league and be the face and be the next face. And they don't work out. And okay, he, so, he has crazy efficiency. Don't get me wrong. And I think if he move, if he goes somewhere else, he'll probably be a little bit healthier. But in my eyes, you need to bite the bullet. I know David Griffin's not. I would just swallow the pride and get what I can for him and go get someone else. Because you've already got a good thing. You just need to go get somebody with some championship experience to make this roster better. So... Let me let me ask you. Let me pose this. Okay. And now, don't don't attack me for it because I could see where I'm coming from. Somebody would disagree. Okay. Is this situation not eerily similar to Michael Thomas? I understand mm-hmm. Mike had success and showed. Yeah, you you already knew what you were. You you've had a body of work. Because and Mike, Mike didn't have an injury history before these last three years. Because if you look at it, this is Zion's third year in the NBA. Mm-hmm. His first year, he only played in 24 games. And then this year, he's played in 29. Mm-hmm. But last year, he played in 61 games. Yeah, he, he had one year of his four where he was pretty healthy. But or all in 2020, of, 2021, he played in 61 games. Yeah, and then in tw- all of last season... He missed all he, of last year. He didn't so. play at all. But it's like, I'm looking at it. Out of the 300 games that Zion could have played in the regular season, he's played in 114. And you've extended him. I, like, I get you, it. You've put in so much emphasis on him. And I get the potential. But at a certain point, how much longer are you going to go? Because... At, are you just going to keep extending them year after year and then just deal with the injuries and just and then just pray to God that he's going to be healthy enough to play a majority of the season? I th- or are you going to let him go for nothing? I think what you well, um, I, I I don't like that argument. You let him go for nothing. Nobody knows 
he might genuinely love New Orleans. He he's talked about how he loves New Orleans. So here's the thing. But at a certain point, you can only love a city so much before you're like, I need to go somewhere else because I don't think I can necessarily win a championship with you. We don't know where it's going to be three, four, five years down the line but with also, the Pelicans. But also, like you just said, how many people really know what Zion's about in the NBA? Not that many. Because like you mentioned, he's only played 114 games in his three seasons. Technically four, if you count the year that he missed yeah. the entire season. So my point is this. If you're the Pelicans, I, I think what you're doing right now is that you were hoping to God that this has just been a stretch of really bad luck for the guy and that he bounces back and has the breakout career that you thought he would when you drafted him. Because it's happened before. You've seen guys miss time and time and time and time, and then when they finally get healthy and they become the guy you always thought they would be. So I think if you're the Pelicans, what you do is I think you sign him to the Supermax because that's the only option you really have. And then in that five-year span of the Supermax, you hope he becomes the dude. And I, I know that that's not a great philosophy because you already saw it with Anthony Davis and it just didn't work mm-hmm. out very well. And eventually you had to move on. But I feel like Zion Williamson is a risk that you just have to take. And the and the difference between him and Mike when I'm talking about trading is Mike's 29 about to turn 30. Zion is Zion is Zion's 22. 22. He turns that's, 23 in July. That's fair. That's a fair point. Like he is much younger. So it's like teams teams would still very easily in my eyes, they would still trade. They would know the risk. But I, I still think if you threw if you threw Zion Williamson out there and be like, hey, let's see who would bite, I think a majority of the league would still bite. Zion's a unicorn. And I think I, I just I believe that this is a risk that the Pelicans have to take. Because if it pays off for you, you're going to be Jesus Christ reincarnated in New Orleans. But And because here's the other thing. We talk about people getting pie in their face. If you trade Zion and he becomes healthy and he becomes the MVP caliber guy that we all thought he would be when he got drafted then who's got pie in their face? You do. So either way, whether you keep him or you trade him, you're running a risk. I just don't know how likely that is. Because didn't AD have injury concerns back in college? Because Zion did. Zion had, what, three or four injuries in the one year at uh, Duke? I don't know if it was that many, but he did have But he had the one, he had the one major injury, and then I think he had two or three other minor ones that kept him out for a game or two. So it's like he had injuries beforehand, and you took the risk with the injuries knowing that that is a possibility, and then you and your medical staff have not handled this properly. You have not. The first two injuries, though, I would argue weren't basketball-related. They were the fact that he was overweight and out of shape. This year, 
and and you saw it in the offseason and the preseason. It was a different Zion. Dude shedded 20, 25 pounds, put on solid muscle, looked like a completely different guy. This was a basketball injury. He pulled a hamstring, and right as he was ready to come back, he re-aggravated it. So I think this one's a little bit different. Now, had it been a third injury where it was a weight concern, then that would be a much different argument at this point in time. But also, how many injuries has he has he accumulated in the lower half of his body? Quite a few. So at a certain point, he's young and he's still able to, even though it's taken him forever to recover from these injuries, he's still able to recover. And once you see him back on the court, He's super explosive, but with how big he is, and at certain points, we still him kind of struggle with weight at times because he's not able to put weight on his lower half of his body. At a certain point in his age, he's going to crumble and fall apart. And then at that point, whatever you want to try and get him for, you're not going to be able to get it. So that's why I'm saying trade him before it's too late and get as much as you can out of it. You're not going to get the equal value, but to me, getting a good amount in return whether it's solid players and picks, that with not having to deal with the headache of, oh God, is Zion going to play 30 games this year? Being a big question mark, that's not going to roll through your heads anymore, and you don't have to worry about that with your team. That can be moved to the side, and you can move on with your life. I'll eat my crow if I'm wrong on this. That guy's going to play 60-plus games next year. I would love it. Because I, I know David Griffin's not going to trade Zion, but I worry that this Zion is going to be the main piece of why the Pelicans, with these young players and talented roster, they will not be able to sniff a championship. Cajuns baseball getting a sweep on the weekend of Marshall eight to four on Friday five to two, or Thursday eight to four, Friday five to two, and then Saturday eight to two, and then. Cajuns softball getting a three-game sweep of South Alabama at home this weekend. A 7-5 and 8-0 doubleheader on Saturday and then a 2-0 win yesterday on Easter Sunday. Cajun softball now 30-10 and on the season and number two, number 10, excuse me, in the RPI race. Meanwhile, LSU play, only playing two games this weekend against South Carolina, splitting that series 1-1. One and one. Would you believe me if I told you? That if the SEC tournament started today, the LSU would be the sixth seed? Huh? Yeah. We'll talk about that. Plus, preview the Astros next. This is Crunch Time on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. Your home for the LSU Tigers and Houston Astros. If you're tired of your boring man cave, well, the game 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles wants to hook you up with the ultimate man cave makeover built by Lafayette Marble and Granite. Sign up today in the clubhouse at 1037thegame.com or 1041thegame.com for a chance to win a new recliner from Borderlands Furniture, flat screen TV from AVI, and more. It's the ultimate man cave makeover powered by Lafayette Marble and Granite and the game, Southwest Louisiana Sports Station. From the Louisiana Raging Cajuns to the latest with the New Orleans Saints and Pelicans. Miguez and Mesh cover it all. I'm not worried. Uh, I think it's something that I can get under control. Now back to more Crunch Time with Miguez and Mesh here on the game. 1037 Lafayette and 1041 Lake Charles. Southwest Louisiana's sports station. 
Welcome back to Crunch Time as we're wrapping up hour one of one, I guess you could say, here in the Evco Development Studios in Upper Lafayette. Evco Development is a civil construction company that specializes in multifamily construction. Now, Matt, you had alluded to it, kind of left us on a cliffhanger for the last three minutes. LSU, I mean, they're still ranked number one, but maybe sixth if they started the SEC tournament today? So the top team, so LSU, yes, is the number one team in the country mm-hmm. and with a record of 26-5. and five. But the the way that the SEC tournament formats it is your top two division leaders are going to be one and two. Whichever one has the higher record is obviously going to be number one, number two, blah, blah, blah. And then from there, it's all determined by winning percentage. And currently, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Florida all have a higher winning percentage than LSU in the conference. So... LSU, with a 26-5 and overall record and a 7-4 and record in the SEC, would be the sixth seed in the SEC tournament. Now, that is absolutely bonkers to think about. And what, what it raises the question is, how much did that game getting canceled against South Carolina on Saturday play into all of this? And also kind of the fact that You've won all your series, but you've only gone two out of three and not Correct. Swept. Correct. Which puts you at seven and four. We'll talk about that much more throughout this entire week because that's just such a fascinating topic. But we're going to come back for three minutes to kick off hour number two. We'll preview the Astros and the Pirates before we give it over to the Astros broadcast crew right here on the game. 